Ooh, it's quite is it tacky? rubbery. Mm. Interesting. So you could put it on... <gasps> Ooh, should we start advocating for using, like, um, liquid masks for condoms? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to advocate for that at all. <laughs> same thing, right? Uh, nope. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. Welcome to another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me as always are... Dan. Steve. Ward. We went in a different order. It was weird. I didn't like it. Although it almost went the right order. You started. But it was yeah. like... It was counterclockwise. Yeah, it, it should be. Weird. It should have gone. Uh, we should have been weird. Like an N or Dan, or Ward, Steve. That would have yeah, been like... Yeah. And then they would have never known the word Studio B. Studio B. Yeah. Yeah. So we are live from Studio B, except by live I mean recorded, and you'll probably hear it in about a week. And I just realized I'm mi- moving miniatures on the table here, which is probably quite loud. Like hey. scritchity scritch. Yeah. yeah. It's we're really professional like that. It's the sound of the yep. scaven burrowing it's, under the table. It's oh, yeah. quality. They do have the new knot holes out actually. Which is a pretty sweet name oh, for a product. I, I thought say. you said knot holes. No knot. And then I was thinking like garlic knot like, holes. Ooh, I could go for garlic knot holes. Yeah, I was right? thinking naughty holes. <laughs> okay. I could go for garlic knotty holes. No, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not even five minutes. <laughs> nope. Yes. Okay. Um, well, let's start. Dan, this weekend hobby. What have you been working on? Um, well, I think we'll be talking about it a little bit later, but pretty much been uh, engrossed with Imperial Assassins, and that's about it. So you, would you say you've jumped on the bandwagon? Maybe. Have you also started cheering for the Toronto Raptors? Because in that case, we'll know you're really on the bandwagon. <laughs> He's been cheering for the Raps for a while. <laughs> okay. The last two or three years, I've been watching more and more games now that they're actually relevant. Okay. Sorry, not to shit on you too much, but yeah, that's pretty awesome. Assassins are cool. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for this week. Cool. Uh, I haven't done a ton of hobbying. I got uh, arms for my armagers. Arms for armagers, which is a weird sentence. Sounds like a charity. Yeah, no kidding. Like alms for the poor or alms for the armagers? I don't know. No, just arms for armagers. <laughs> Interesting. Have you, uh, have, you, have you supported the, uh, <laughs> the, the arms? Are your armatures missing their arms? <laughs> so I have two Helvarens. Uh, I wanted Warglaives, so I went out and bought Warglaives and just painted up the arms because they snap right onto the Helvarens. They are a slightly different kit, but the arms are interchangeable. So so it's, you can do the conversion just like a snap? Just like a snap. Yeah, literally, it's so pegs. It's easy. They're like an Omnimech. Yeah. Mm. Nice. So I did have those. They are completely within just a couple of hours. (laughs) Perfect. Tex must love it. (laughs) They're not completely done. And then I redid (laughs) I redid the top of one of my other nights. So I've been the original scheme was like that candy blue. Um, now I did, uh, like the teal to match the Admech and the uh, Armagers. Um, not sure how I actually feel. That's what he wants to say. (laughs) Yeah. It's something I've been meaning to do, but I'm not actually sure. I totally 100% like it. I really like it on the armatures. The big night, I'm not 100% sold on. I really you like are 100% on. wrong to think that. Hmm. <laughs> so I like I, it on the shoulder pads for sure, but the main carapace, I'm not quite as sold on. The, the deal? Yeah. I'm with you. But the shoulder pads look with the decals, like the decals pop better? I agree. Okay, well, we're, we're split on this one. Ward? Uh, wait, you want me to weigh in on him? Yeah. Oh. You're the tiebreaker. Oh. Uh, 
well, not really. You're either going to create a tie or we I'm just going to be wrong. We t- no, we talked about the candy oh, thing. Oh, yeah, I guess my I, opinion does actually I, matter. I like... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I like the teal better than the candy blue. Woo, okay. We're tied. So... Okay. Yeah. So what I was thinking is doing uh, a bone striped like this. That I was I was gonna say if you just do breaking that, it up a bit. I would just do it on one side even to, Ooh. or you could do different ones on each of the knights, right? Or or um, have you thought about there, there's these things called checks or dags? No, that's dumb. they make vehicles look way better. I'm not an orc. Get out of here. <laughs> checks, <laughs> checks, would, checks would work. Dags not so much. Yeah, I was thinking the Chevron could be a thing, but you already kind of have that on the shoulder yeah. pads, so repeating it would not work. They do have the like the the knights in the lore, the um, well, I cannot think of it, the seneschals or whatever they all they are. Uh, like their leaders do have actual different stripes on the top of the carapace. On the top of the carapace. Yeah. So, so if you did something like that, could be cool. Anyways, that's basically my hobby. Not much beyond some knights here and there. What were you just doing? Kind of verpid. Oh, <laughs> it, looked, it looked like you were like treating your bicep like like a nipple from a like a baby bottle and just like kind of suckling. It your was bicep. a little weird. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> I was just like to get it back on track. I also worked on it. On <laughs> it didn't even phase me. Like I didn't think anything of it. That's kind of weird now that I think about it. It's just completely normal. I worked on a tech priest manipulus as well, just to get us back on topic instead of uh, Ward's weird nipple arm. <laughs> so what? What is a manipulus? He's that weird ball guy from uh, the. Oh the yeah, the, the, he's, he's, he's the, the oh, like the guy. fat one. He's yeah. the fat guy. Yeah, with the steeple oh, fingers. He's yeah. literally a ball. Yeah, he's Dr. better. Doctor Robotnik. He's better than the forge-rolled ball guy. Yeah, <laughs> the forge-rolled blob of shit. Yeah, the forge-rolled one's real bad. <laughs> <laughs> the guy. It's it's Steve's hell pit abomination minus the static grass for anybody who remembers that. Mm. Uh, yeah, which looked like a furry turd. <laughs> In case yes. anybody was interested in that, too. Yes, it was. Yeah. We were actually talking about this the other day. <laughs> Furry turd. Um, when you could get brown static grass. Dead static grass. Like, we were talking about this the other day, and I was just like thinking, like, so how many conversions have you done? Because like you do a lot of stock models for your armies. I do a lot, yeah. Um, and I was like, what's, what's one of the last ones he did? And uh, it came ahead of, like, I think literally and figuratively it was that abomination. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That thing was so rough. <laughs> it was so good. I it, it. Yeah, it's it's perfect for what, like, oh, but, oh, dude. We gotta get a photo of that thing on the also, Facebook page. We also have to remember that that was back in the day where you had to have uh, models be, what was it, 50% GW bits? Yeah. So it was like, a hell pit abo- like, what the fuck am I gonna use for a hell pit abomination? Like, there's... Because the model wasn't released the yet. The model wasn't out. There's, like, nothing out there. So I used the old metal screaming bell as the base of it, and then just green stuff. And I turned it into a giant, disgusting turd. <laughs> Covered in static grass. That was great. <laughs> Good old static grass fur. It was actually pretty awesome. I'm quite proud of that model. No, it's pretty fantastic. Um, and horrifying. Okay, that was my, my hobby time. <laughs> uh, I have continued with 2019, the year of the robot. Uh, mm-hmm. I was building some Idemptus Titanicus and cleaning models and talking to Mike on how I can drill the weapons out so I can magnetize them with ease. Um, so I've got that going on, and I was also building uh, a knight today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As you can see, the legs out before me. Yeah. So, uh, but that's been about it. It's been kind of uh, busy two weeks, cool. uh, shopping and all that good stuff, and not a lot of hopping. So. Does that count for shut up and take my money, or are we just gonna skip it? Oh, that I'll use that for shut up and take my money for sure. Okay. Yep. Thomas. Um. 
I'm trying to think if I did anything. Uh, oh, I finished the Cast Dwarves. I don't know if I talked about yep. that. You kind of, I don't know if they were working on I was working on it, so I finished the team, I finished the display board, I finished Horatio the Rooster. Horatio came. And then I've started in on a Nurgle Blood Bowl team that I'm actually going to be giving to March Madness because they do a food bank uh, charity raffle. Oh, I wouldn't mind some Rotters. So (laughs) I'm doing up the team, it's going to have like the full kit out. Three of the star players, and I'm going to throw in some extra fun stuff with it. So, if you're going to be at March Madness, um, bring some dirty dollars. Are you going to throw in Horatio? Fuck no. Horatio Velveteen? Horatio is officially the Minotaur for my cast dwarves. Ooh, nice. Cool. That's a good choice. Yeah, so I've got one rotter, like, all done except for the dressings, and then... Or bloater, sorry. And then the three bloaters are about half done. So, What kind of dressing? You think in ranch? Uh, I think Thousand yeah. Island is probably the most accurate. Maybe some like raspberry balsamic vinaigrette. What do you That's think the most one, disgusting uh, rotting salad dressing would be? Blue cheese. Left, wait, like left rotting or like like if you took a bottle of salad dressing and let it rot in the sun, like outside <laughs> hot day. Blue cheese. You think blue cheese because it's already kind of rotten. It's already kind of rotten. Yeah, I feel like it's not really going to change quality. Like, what much. is the most horrifying thing if somebody presents you with three rotten salad dressings? What would you what would you pick as the worst? Well, I think Thousand Island is gross to begin with, so I'm probably going to stick to that. Okay. Oh. What is the most ner- what I'm getting at is what is the most nurgly salad dressing? You know what? I think that like Caesar, like the creamy Caesar. Yeah, left I'm going to go with you on that one too. Anchovy. Would be, yeah, anchovy you get the anchovy. Dish. You've got some of like the parm in there, so it's got the cheese. It's like, got a little bit of crunch. Yeah. <laughs> it would be meaty. <laughs> Real junky. <laughs> Pours out okay. like cement. Oh yeah, it'd be good. Ugh. That was. Well, you're talking about Nurgle, you gotta talk about gross shit. Oh. Yeah, no, that's oh. fair. Well, especially because these models, like, have very, very obvious butt cracks on so many of them. Uh, I was wondering about this one that's pointing the wrong direction at me. Yeah. <laughs> Saying hi, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I'm really tempted to do some really disgusting stuff in their posteriors. I was gonna ask you to that model, but I actually don't want to see it. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, and that's not even the only one. Um, no, it's fine. Some of the... <laughs> Yeah, this one's got some, like, serious top-of-butt crack going on. Because, like, their pants are just weirdly down on a lot of these models. Well, yeah. none of them... Maybe not none of them. The ones I was looking at don't seem to have a lot of in the way of belts. When it looks like they really ought to have belts. This guy does have a belt, but it's off of his pants, and that's why his butt crack is showing. I also have to say, if I was a Nurgle... Uh, if I was infected with one of Nurgle's uh, blessings... I would probably not wear pants for ease of <laughs> evacuation. You know what I mean? <laughs> or even just for, like, ventilation. That right? explains yeah. why so many of them have holes in the back of their they pants. They literally have blown them out. It's like how I used to modify my PPE at work so that I could get ventilation what? in the oh, summer. Oh, okay, I was... <laughs> still, not, still not sure Gotta about that. Gotta cut air holes in the you summer. You didn't hear the E, did you? Yeah, I yeah. was modified my PPE. I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? No, PPE... Good. Okay. Good. The E matters apparently. Um, it matters quite it a lot. Wow. It does. Uh, okay, I'm going to jump in and shut up and take my money. And for me, it is a couple things. First off, when I was at the, down in Lethbridge for Cryfowl, the hobby store we were in had three cherry cans of Mornfang Brown. Oh, Ooh, nice. So, like, we went in there on the Friday beforehand just was, to check it out. Was, was it at Kapow? No, it was at, uh, oh, fuck if I can remember, the other one. Okay. Um, 
but three cherry cans of Mornfang Brown. Three cherry cans of Mornfang Brown. So we're there on the Friday, and I didn't know what we're going to be doing with, it, with the rest of the evening. So I'm like, I'm going to give you money right now. And can you, like, put these in a bag behind the counter, and I will just take them when I leave on Sunday. And he's like, sure. So you now are the proud owner of three cans of Mornfang Brown? Three cherry cans of Mornfang Brown. I still have a half can of Mornfang Brown. That's nice. Three and a half cans of Mornfang Brown. And then hilariously enough, like, Vallejo launched a line of spray bombs and has basic, like, a bestial brown. So Apparently, okay, so I was at uh, Red Claw this weekend. Apparently there's some... Issues around paperwork for getting them into the store or something like that because they're going to carry them, but they're just waiting on. Well, App to Game already has them. Really? Yep. I didn't know that. Okay. So cool. Uh, other than that, uh, I bought some doors. The Mantic uh, terrain crate. They've got it was like eleven dollars, and it was five. Um, plastic doors for, like, dungeons. Kind of like we were talking about last week with this yeah. room. Yeah. So it was super cheap. I saw them in the store, grabbed them, because I'm going to use them on some more buildings coming up. Nice. And I don't think... Well, like, frankly, this is going to be, like, a future one, but goddamn, that new box. Yep. Shadow Spear? Shadow Spear. Fuck me. Well, let's just cut to the chase. Abaddon? Oh, I thought... I, did I even have to say that out loud? Yeah. Okay. Like, really... Yeah, I was, I'm actually kind of shocked that you didn't just jump, like, right in with that. Well, there was other things, and that's not going to be released for, like, another week or two, so next podcast, I'm going to be nothing but Abaddon. Yeah, that is, a, that is a nice model. Oh, fuck, it looks so good. I just hope it's not, like, $200. I just hope he has the infantry keyword. <laughs> uh, pew, pew. Well, he does right now, I think. Yeah. Right? But I wonder, that's another question, is are they going to do new rules for him? Because he's, like, he's, he's a getting a little bigger. Size. Yeah. The model looks like his previous model is about the same size as the current one's leg. Yes. Yeah, yeah. he is like a, a, a smidgen smaller than Gullyman. He's bigger. The racks count. No. But like, no. I think the... Well, I think not, some, somewhere I saw the comparison... Somewhere I saw this, the comparison that was like, um, like um, scaled to the relative to the base size kind of a thing, and... Yeah, the, the trophy rack and all the other accessories on um, Abaddon add up, but like the eye level is a bit higher on Gullyman for sure. Yeah, it just sounds like more lives perpetrated by the false emperor. Well, you did you did have ten thousand years to work out and get more buff. Gonna, and you're also have some more protein. You're also borderline maybe possessed by some demon energy. That might borderline. He's not possessed. He's not possessed he's Im- yet. He's imbued with it. Exactly, but I'm saying borderline possessed because Drachnian. Imbued. I don't think Drachnian allows. A huge amount of sentience at all times. Very jealous of other demons around the area. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm just going to like sit here quietly and I'll make you guys super uncomfortable with some heavy breathing yeah. about how excited I am. S- suckle in your... I'm just, just, just going to go down on my bicep for a minute. Just leave me alone. <laughs> just... <laughs> it's like Robin Williams sketch now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as hairy, though. So it's not nearly as creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> okay, like, I'm not pulling arm house out of my teeth right now <laughs> what's yours what's your shop uh, I went shopping with the wife last week and spent all of my money so my hobby money's kind of reduced well it's not really reduced yet but it will be coming up yeah you, it was going to say but what would you actually spend it on we bought a camping trailer yeah. So So you're gonna drive it down to LVO next year and we'll camp out in front of Bally's. Oh, will they allow that? We'll no. just park right right in that weird little mall <laughs> thing they what have is in there the right nearest, by Wahlburgers. What is the nearest Walmart? Not on the strip. 
No, the, uh, there's one between the airport and the strip, though. That's oh, still not on the strip. That's in the sketch town part of Probably. Vegas. Probably. Yeah, there's some pretty rough areas. Anyways, well, I'm sure we'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, I did that. And then, um, I mean, coming up still, um, building a night now. I need to still get a couple more nights. So that's still on the docket for coming up here, hopefully. And we'll see what goes on. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. Steve-O. Well, Shadow Spear's kind of up there. But, but, I'm not actually that sold on the infiltrators or whatever they're called now. Like the regular Marines in there, I'm not as much of a fan of. But I really like the snipers. I like a, I especially like those that sniper squad. I think that thing looks super cool. Yeah, the captain and the librarian are both 10 out of 10. Quite like those. Yeah, those models are pretty good. And I think with some conversion work, probably the autocannon guys as well. Yeah, the autocannon guys are super cool. It's just I don't like their legs, but that's easy enough to cut up. If it's just the legs and it's not like insignia and weird guns and that kind of stuff, and it's just like a bend a knee maybe kind of thing. Uh, so they don't look like they're bouncing on trampolines. That's pretty cool. Or put them on trampolines. Or put them on trampolines and just lean into it. Mm-hmm. Um, lean, lean into yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm interested in it. There's not only are those models super cool. The captain with some of his rules around like the omni scanner where you can't infiltrate within 12 inches or deep strike within 12. That is really really cool for. Uh, an ad mech army that doesn't like getting charged. So interestingly enough, the wording on it is not deep strike. It's come in as reserves. So all of a sudden, um, like, the orc uh, unit goes away and then 30 guys come back. Um, It impacts that, too. I know. And it's on the character and the unit. So if you have a couple, like maybe one or two of the characters, maybe two of the units, you can start looking at creating some kind of a, a bubble that's not going to last for like four turns, but no. But I mean, it with might my, in that turn two really make a huge difference. With my AdMech, one of the things that I've never been able to really make work with the robots because they're so expensive is is stopping them from getting touched. Because the moment anybody charges them, it shuts down their shooting for for a whole turn. And if you're spending CP and rerolls and buffs and on a unit that can't move and can't shoot, uh, and there's so many ways for things to deep strike and get like eight inch rerollable charges or what or like an Eversur with its three d six charge. Or the Calidus now can um, infiltrate in its d six plus three inches. Yeah, it's always been that way. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it, but um, either way, uh, having something that can make maybe the robots a little bit better is interesting. I'm not sure if it'll actually work out with all the points, but I'm interested in that. And the models are great. Does me. Um, yeah, for myself, um, I'll probably be picking up, same as you, I like the look of the um, sniper guys, and the characters are always good. Um, sniper I think guys are so fucking cool. There's some pretty cool looking marines that uh, they need capri pants and sandals, so I will bust out the green stuff. And, uh, make I won't the, be doing that. Make the necessary <laughs> conversions. <laughs> and uh, yeah, aside from that, in the more immediate term, I picked up the box of uh, Vansar bits for Necromunda to make a pile of Imperial Assassins. For the cost of, like, one assassin. Yep. So, uh, yeah, rating the bits box. Of I have to admit, I was super skeptical in our group chat. I was like, this is going to look dumb. That Eversar turned out really good. And it helps when you have the completely insano Imperial bits box uh, that I do. Yep. Where basically, if it's Imperial, either I have it or the roommate has it, and I will therefore steal it when they're not looking. Yep. So, um, all the bits. Cool. And, uh, yeah, and the White Dwarf, obviously, for the uh, rules for said assassins. Oh, yeah, Ward, I owe you money for that. <laughs> Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the other thing, too, is for your, um, again, we'll talk about a little bit more about Assassins later, but um, 
I still need to order the sniper rifle, the Vansar sniper rifles that fit with their like modular construction of their weapons. It's like two hundred dollars I'm giving you right here. <laughs> good old American money. But um, yeah, so oh I need Lord. to pick up need to pick up from Shapeways those sniper rifles to uh, complete the Vindicare assassins. Ooh, I ordered some stuff from Shapeways. I ordered banners for my Imperial Knights, and they go up the top like an old banner pole instead of the ones that hang down between their legs. How tall are they? Uh, they look like they're about three inches, two to three inches. They're they're mm. a pretty decent size. Do they like plug in where the missile yep. hat goes? Totally into that weird slot on the top of their head. That makes sense. It's a good use of it. Yeah. So I might have to convert up where this missile hat's going to go. Maybe it'll go to his butt. Maybe they can be missile pants. Exactly. Ooh, missile crotch. I was going to say maybe like right there. Rocket crotch. I like it. Or I'll do like a, some sort of crazy like Porphyrian Helios conversion. Cut this down the middle. And shoot right, right through the banners. Popping up the back. Oh, yeah. shooting right through the banner. Yeah, that'd be a bad plan. <laughs> Anyways, something to think about. <laughs> Checks out. Maybe you could just have the go-go gadget banner and it just like raises up out of the way mm-hmm. and then goes back down. Yeah, perfect. Or I'll put it on the top of the missile hat. <gasps> like Jenga style. <laughs> yeah, well, this would be the stupidest looking night ever. Giant banner pole with a giant missile rack on top. I like it. Oh, the missile rack on top of the banner. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of an Imperial Eagle, just have a missile pod. <laughs> if there was ever worries that you were never going to be able to hide that model anywhere on the tabletop. <laughs> There's a few of your buildings that would still work. Yeah, for sure. True. I don't know. You're There's a couple of the buildings that Ward has that are like this tall. Like you can easily hide ones? a knight. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. yeah. So being able to comfortably hide it at an event. Not happening. Unless you go to Onslaught. Which you should do. It's generally good policy. I, I, I like that policy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Biased. Uh, okay, so speaking of tournaments, I went down to the Cryfowl Cup on the weekend. Um, last week. Fuck. CFC? One of those weeks. Yeah. It was a week and a half ago. Down in Lethbridge. It was actually a lot of fun. Um, one of the biggest things about the event that I really enjoyed is that there was a uh, a mechanic that if you had good weather for the kickoff table, um, or like starting the game, uh, Horatio the Rooster would come out. And Horatio the Rooster uh, moved like a ball and chain, so you'd random, you basically could move three spaces, but each time you move, you pick a direction, then it randomizes between the two adjacents and straight ahead. I totally thought you were making a like significant other joke there. You said ball and chain. Oh, come on, man. I, I thought you were talking about like when you said a mechanic. I thought like there was a mechanic playing, and then... If I was also in trouble. He would help you out. I thought immediately, Deptus Mechanicus. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I do appreciate that you're trying to contribute to this segment when there's like really like problem oh, to a blood bowl tournament. So kudos. I'll hear what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so it was really fun because he would start in like the trap door square, which is basically in line with the middle of the um, receiving teams. Um, half, and then two spaces from the far left side. Um, and you could start activating as soon as one of the... As soon as your opponent has control of the ball, like picks up the ball, the start of your next turn, you get to move him. Oh, neat. Um, on top of that, there was also... Oh, and when he moves, he... Onto an enemy model, or a, any model, he has stabs, so you don't have to roll block dice, you just immediately roll for the armor. So you just immediately murder um, if he times, it was fun. Uh, and then on top of that, there was three special play cards that you'd randomly get one of um, at, the, uh, at the start of the game, one of which was you could move him normally for a round, 
One was you could actually throw him uh, <laughs> as if he had the throw teammate. I like that. Or the right stuff, and then one of your models has the throw teammate rule. Nice. Uh, the other one that was my favorite, which actually got almost every game we played, um, was you could, instead of placing him there, you could place him on any square not adjacent to an enemy model on the pitch. So, you are kicking the ball to your opponent, and let's say they have a lineup on the line of scrimmage and then not a lot of space, not a lot of models behind it. You could just put them one space behind the line of scrimmage, and the second they pick up the ball, you're like, all right, in my turn, I'm moving immediately towards the line of scrimmage, and there's a very good chance you're getting at least one or two blocks out of it. Cool. So Everybody here is going to nod in agreement. I know what all these things mean. So does Ward. I played that game. Oh, I guess you guys have played. Yeah, yeah, Okay. I'll just nod in agreement. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was really fun. Um, it was really fun, too, to paint up a model for him, because Jack uh, from Maelstrom Gaming Mats actually did up little MDF like tokens for him, which oh, are really cool. Okay. So everyone got one of those as part of the I was going to say, so everybody does actually have the model, quote-unquote, yeah. but you could you could do up your own? Um, yeah, so I was, I was the only one that did up my own, and I was in the um, Malifaux... Because uh, they used to always have, like, Easter and Black Friday, like, limited edition models. And one of their ones from probably, like, seven, eight years ago was a limited edition, excuse me, fill-in for the Rooster Rider. Or no, uh, the War Pig that had a goblin riding it, and this one was a rooster with a goblin riding it. <laughs> oh, Malifaux. <laughs> <laughs> so I got confused because they eventually did make a rooster rider unit. I've got um, an army of rooster cavalry, man. I don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fair. Oh, yeah, fuck, what happened? Did you half, ever even open those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're right oh, behind I him. forgot oh, yeah. about that shit. <laughs> the first ones that I built, I put the halflings from those kits onto, like, uh, what are they, little griffhounds? So I actually haven't built any of the roosters, which were the reason I bought them. Oh, actually, the real reason I bought them was for the puns in the Kickstarter. Wait, so you have surplus roosters? I've got... I don't know, I wouldn't call them surplus necessarily, but they're not built. I'm we're going to pro- talk I'm later. I'm protective of my shit that I'll clearly never use. <laughs> we're going to talk later. <laughs> anyway, so it was a lot of fun. It was my first time ever really playing Chaos Dwarves. I think I had maybe played them at one point in a random pickup game. And, Did and they die every time they threw a block on halflings like when I used them? Nope. <laughs> so uh, apparently I used up all their bad luck. Well, not all of it. My luck was not a fantastic, but I still ended up going 2-1-2 uh, and two on the weekend, coming in fourth place. Nice. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was actually it was really cool because we went down there. We stayed with uh, Josh Gatner, who for the locals here is Justin Gatner's brother. Oh! And... Um, for a while, I just got really confused because I was like, "Am I just screwing up his name?" Yeah, like, I, thought he, I, was, I thought his name was Justin, but it's no, like it's I know Josh. that name, but I think it's wrong. Yes, <laughs> well, because some of our locals are actually originally from Lethbridge. Both uh, Justin and Barry are from Lethbridge, so explain so much, Barry, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're down there, Barry's like, "Give me the tour and tell me all these like random facts from Lethbridge," and it was it was actually really fun. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have pretty decent weather for the drive, which was nice because it's like a five, five and a half hour drive. Um, the store was really accommodating, super great. Um, it was Blood Bowl, so it was fun. The only other thing, like, really that I think worth kind of mentioning is if you ever are thinking about going to a tournament in Lethbridge, and I think it was, like, you, you have to go. There was this panini shop. It was, like, three storefronts <laughs> down from the gaming store. Yeah. That was maybe one of the best sandwiches I've had in my entire life. Now, Lethbridge, I, as much as I was kind of half making fun of it, Lethbridge is actually pretty cool. It's got a 
it's got a different tangent. It's got a really great drift scene. Like there's a huge car community <laughs> out there for real. So it's like Lethbridge on, Drift. They put on like some awesome events out there, like really, really good stuff. The community's solid, and I could see that just from the people that are involved with that scene. Actually, I could see that being kind of a more citywide type thing. Yeah, I've never been there for a tournament, but I, I'm not surprised that it was a good time. Yeah, and so one of the things that as we get older, we kind of forget that. Uh, some of the behaviors we had when we were younger, we could only really do them because of the consistency of the behavior, namely drinking. And so on the Friday night, before we even started playing like Blood Bowls on the Saturday, I decided to be that guy and like drank way too much. And so I was like, I was sitting there in my first game, just like really trying not to puke for a, most of the game. Afterwards, I even apologized to my opponent. I'm like, I'm so sorry if I was like not being engaging, but like. I just really didn't want to puke on your models. <laughs> like, um, so that panini saved my fucking life. Oh, so I got you. So it's, it might have a little bit of an extra boost in your memory. Um, a little bit, but Fine. everyone else that was not in rough shape also really enjoyed them. What's with you at food and tournaments? Like, every lock and load, it's just like... Oh, yeah, you do have a thing. You have a thing. It's called enjoying food. I'm a fat man, okay? No, 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 but this is different. You, you find, you fixate on, like, one type of food. One for type s- of food. Interesting tournaments. Like, All that one, that one that you were, like, just sending breakfast sandwiches. Was that Lock and Load? That's every Lock and Load. load. I, just, I just think you eat bagels in Seattle. That's it. But yeah. it's probably Nothing not else. unreasonable. Okay, <laughs> interestingly enough, <laughs> last Lock and Load, because the uh, Marriott, or the Hilton that we were staying at was further away from the bagel place, I actually bought, like, Half a dozen bagels take back to the hotel. <laughs> you know, like it was stereotypically that should be New York. Just as no, but dude, this bagel place is legit. Okay, good. Like, okay, it, it was so much so that my buddy uh, from Portland, who was like, "Yeah, like I'm sure they're probably pretty good," and we're like, "Nah, man, these things are fucking great." When he actually had them, he's like, "Fuck, they're good." I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what you ate at LVO now that. Would be a fixation. Um, no, Tiki Bar. Fruity drinks. Tiki Bar, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> LVO is Tiki Bar. <laughs> liquid diet. LVO is <laughs> liquid diet. Um, but I also, it, I don't know, like, I'm not a big fan of, like, these are all of my games and, like, talking through, like, in this yeah. turn, this happened, and that turn. Like, I like finding things that are interesting about the locations that I go to um, yeah. for events of any kind. And we did also go to the Cooley Brewery on oh, the Saturday nice. night because um, they have a brew, like, a brew pub. And the chef there is originally from Texas. It was some fucking great barbecue. That's awesome. And again, Lethbridge. So sometimes, even though it's like you think of it as a little shithole town, like why would I go there to play in an event? Like remember, there's always great things in. Sorry, there's often great things in small towns that can make it worth going to them yep. for any kind of an event. I agree with that. Um, One of my favorite tournaments was in Grand Prairie. That's right. Yep. I remember. Good tournament. Yep. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah, And on top of that, my favorite thing, absolutely, about the weekend was on the Sunday morning, everyone was okay going on a pilgrimage with me to the Denny's in Lethbridge, which for those of you who don't know, is the Denny's that Marilyn Manson got punched out in. Wait, what? Yeah, so in 2015, after a concert, Marilyn Manson was at the Denny's in Lethbridge, and apparently he used some... Not pleasant words referring to a woman in the bar, and some dude just fucking flattened him. That's amazing. So I'm like, also, but this whole situation, why, why Denny's? I, f- I feel like, yeah, is Marilyn Manson on, like was he in the hard times? No, it was, no, no. Honestly, if you're on tour, looks like after you finish up the show, it's normally like two, three in the morning. Sure. So where can you get something that's not McDonald's at two, three in the morning? Okay, but he's 
again, no no offense to Lethbridge. The fuck is Marilyn Manson doing in Lethbridge in 2000? He was at least still 2015. Somewhat, oh, 2015. No, so yeah, it was fair, no, but he was fair. playing like something nearish there, okay. and even then, it's only two hours out of Calgary. So if he was, but he was in. I don't. I don't understand anything about this. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm there. I'm like taking selfies of myself in the Denny's and sending them to Saba and my sisters, and like <laughs> fucking Manson got decked here. Did do they have like his chair like marked off? No, but they should, <laughs> man. Totally like. Should. <laughs> I feel like Denny's as a franchise might not lean into that, but that particular location should. Like, this is where Marilyn Manson was standing or sitting when he got his ass beat. Have <laughs> it roped off a little velvet rope. Yeah! <laughs> I would totally lean into that. Yeah, totally. It'd be amazing. Um, yeah, so, the moral of the story is that uh, it was lots of fun. I love going to tournaments that have some kind of little, a little something extra. Yeah. So, especially with a game like Blood Bowl, where there's one scenario. And it's a great scenario because you're just playing fucking Blood Bowl. Like, you're trying to score more touchdowns, right? Uh, But if you're going to, and especially in Alberta, we basically have a tournament every month except for August. For Blood Bowl. For Blood Bowl. What's September? Uh, September was Food Bowl this last year. Mm -hmm. And probably going to continue that one on. Gotcha. So, yeah, basically we have every month. So it's really nice when there's some of the events have, like, that little something extra. That can help her help keep it interesting. Like when you're playing the game, you're cheering for Horatio, yeah. right? Like I want to see some wild shit happen. And for me, it's really fun too. When you find out about that, just having the opportunity to, excuse me, paint up the model ahead of time and have something more than a little token, kind of added that bit of extra character. Yeah, for sure. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, ten, ten out of ten for enjoyment. Um, I was legitimately thinking to myself at one point, I'm like, so this is how Steve must feel at LVO. Because uh, I know you get really bad hangovers. Yes. And, like, I thought I was dying. Yes. Like, there was moments <laughs> where I'm just like, oh. Welcome to my life. <sighs> Me and Steve at LVO have an interesting relationship. Usually, like, after the event, I for the day, I tuck him into bed, and then he goes to sleep, and I go out gambling or whatever. I'll take, like, an entire, like, day. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, to this year, the entirety of Sunday I spent in bed. Which, I mean, which was actually great because yeah. I could do that at home. And I was actually totally hit with that. I watched a couple shows, slept. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> suffered till about two in the afternoon, and then it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Just going for like wrap up ceremonies. Yeah, actually, which I did. It was great. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you any of you play Blood Bowl and are thinking to yourself, maybe there's an event I should go to next um, February. Go to the Cryfell. Cool. Can't recommend it enough. I did. Um, I did start reorganizing my Skaven team, and when I was Ooh. moving it around, I was like, ah, "I should really paint this up because I have that super fat rat. Can't remember his name. Glart. Glart. Paul Glart. That's <laughs> right. As Glart Senior, I think specifically. Yes, he is the mall rat. I we talked about this. This <laughs> is the one that you're so killed. We're gonna die again. Almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> breathe. Just breathe. <laughs> I just think it's. So I bad. forgot about this. I do need to paint up Paul Glart, the mall rat. <laughs> he does. Although, if, as soon as he starts throwing in mall rat, then I get jokes in my head of just like, okay, so does he like to play in a, like a really uncomfortable location? And someone's like, what, in the back of a Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking you could have just melty just chocolate pretzels on the base se- or something. Se- oh. I'm just thinking Segway. He needs to be on a Segway for sure. <laughs> I think the, the mall rat portion of it, though, I think of like you need to have like a Dance Dance Revolution machine outside of like a really creepy arcade. Yeah, that needs to be part of his base somehow. Uh, but that's quite quite elaborate. That could be part of the display board. The display board is just the old circuits, <laughs> our Circuit City, just or a circuits, whole bunch, whole circuit bunch circus, circus, 
Just a whole bunch of stores. So you should just call them the mall rats. Yeah. And that should be the, that should be your team. And they can do a display board where it's like in the mall. In the mall. And yeah. That'd be great. It would be amazing, man. I really want you to do that. Maybe that's what I'll do is my next uh, arm. I was talking about I needed to do something different than teal. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what I'll do. Brown. do It'll be a nice p- quick palette cleanser because Blood Bowl teams paint it pretty quick. Yeah, maybe I'll go undercoat them tonight. Anyways, tangent. So that's really it for me. I should do that. Um, How would I base them? How would you get that like really shitty linoleum? Um, easy, super easy, and I'll tell you how. <gasps> like my dark Eldar, the same way I did my dark Eldar. Yeah, exactly. Oh yes, and Dan even has some here. The plastic card with like the the tiles like perfect. Them, the grid, perfect. Okay, do you have how much of this do you have? I have no fucking clue. Okay, we'll find out later. I, I magically pulled it off the shelf because I knew it was there from when I cleaned stuff away. And by cleaned stuff away, I mean literally shoved shelf, it to the nearest uh, space on the shelf. Steve, I have at least a full sheet of that at home. Oh, okay. So if you're going to do a Blood Bowl team, it's yours. Awesome. Okay. Done. And, yeah, the display board with the, the mall storefronts would be fucking... Oh, awesome. dude, especially it if you did it. needs to be a food court. It, yeah, it has to be food court. Has to be and it's got to be like... It with the arcade. Yeah, because the arcade got, would... It's literally the sure. food court in Wham. Yeah. Circuit Circus in the food court. Yeah. That weird bronze statue of the dude eating the hamburger. Like, it's going to be but, very specific. But, and it's got to be specifically, <laughs> like, late 90s. Like, yeah, for sure. Because it, it has to have those tones. It has I, to have the shitty brass. It's got to look like modern-day Trump Tower. Yeah. <laughs> like, just horrible brass <laughs> and, like, faux marble. <laughs> but you got to come up with, like, good names for, like, all the stores, too, that have uh, could have sponsorships in Blood Bowl. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. I got to get a lot of, like... I, I feel like we're going to come back to the gnaw hole. Something like that. What would a gnaw hole sell? Because that's got to be a store. For sure. The gnaw hole? Garlic gnaw holes. <laughs> <laughs> garlic gnaw holes. <laughs> Full circle. I didn't even know if that's on the recording, uh, but I'm thrilled. Call back. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, dude, you need to do this. Okay, it's going to happen. 100%. Because you're coming to Powtown. And you're, and you're bringing the mall rats. When's Powtown? It's the June. second weekend of June. Yeah, you can probably make that happen. We'll see. Yep. So. Check the calendar, but that would be good. We'll hop in uh, Grom and go down there. Oh, the display board will be good. Yeah. It will be good. <laughs> it will be really, really good. Okay. Anyways, what are we talking about? <laughs> awesome things. Can we just keep going on this and like riff on it for a while? Like, I'll riff. I'm talking about weird ass <laughs> conversions for Blood Bowl and like display boards. That's kind of my jam. Yeah, right now it totally is, actually. <laughs> like, it's at a point where it's really hard to display my Blood Bowl teams because each one of the display boards takes up about the space of one of the shelves in the Detolfs. Yeah. Mm, that so, is actually, yeah, that's a huge footprint per per team. That's a problem. Okay, seriously, what's the next topic? Uh, next topic <laughs> is actually, hilariously enough... Conversions. Well, I, I thought it was the other one. I thought it was conversions. Sure, we'll start, we'll go. Assassins! <laughs> we'll let Dan talk for a while. Yeah, uh, so as you guys will remember from the first bit of the episode, um, I've been busily working on Imperial Assassins for the last little while, so um, yeah, basically if you've been living under a rock, um, there's been updated White Dwarf rules. Are you looking for a model, or the rules? Models. Can't remember. Pins not glued. Do not smash my shit. Whoa! Smash that shit. Yeah, they will spin like crazy on those bases, because they are pinned not glued. But um, yeah, so these models um, that I decided to do up, rather than spending... $37 $37 per model to get the official ones. I was like, fuck that noise. I'm buying a box of Ansars. And then just going to raid the bits box for various Imperial Guard, Adeptus Mechanicus, Space Marines, and some Anvil Industries and other type bits as well. 
yeah, to convert guys up that cost like five, six bucks a model, not thirty-seven. Yeah, that is a different price. Because yeah, the um, execution force, the standard formation of one of every assassin, pretty common. Spend that command point so you can take any of the four other assassins as reinforcements. So that's another one. And if you want multiples beyond that, like it's going to get out of control fast at $37 a pop. Or you just buy the original Execution Force box. Uh, good luck you finding one. You can't get it. I I good luck finding one. I bought one and I feel very smart. Because at the time I felt very dumb. How much was it? I need them. Uh, it would have been like 150 bucks somewhere around there because yeah. it had really shitty Chaos Marines in it. I feel like when they actually came out with the assassins, I feel like when they came out with the um, assassins separately, it was literally the cost of four assassins. Yeah, it was exactly the same price. You bought the board game and you got the cost of the, the assassins plus the sprues plus the actual game. Yeah, so you got Chaos Cultists and maybe even some of the Snap Fit Chaos Marines. You did, and the yeah, Chaos you totally Ter- did. and the Terminator Lord. Yeah. And all the other, whatever the oh. hell else. And the Terminator um, Lord, I think, was new for that kid, wasn't he? No, he, he was up before. He okay. was up before. We'll talk. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's ludicrously expensive to actually look at getting the actual assassins. And there's also the issue of if you're getting um, either just taking multiples of the same assassin, like some people just want three Vindicares. Yeah. Like, that's a you thing. You have three of the exact same pose. It's pretty boring. And those models are really hard to convert because, like, yeah. a lot of the GW character kits. Yeah. Like, they Very just. static. They're made to build one way. Um, but, but the thing that I will uh, point out is like they're nice models. Oh, they're gorgeous. Which is which is why I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Straight up, like those are like the the Eversur assassin. I think like you could you could you make an argument for the Vindicare because he's a guy holding a big rifle. That's he's not particularly that sta- uh, dynamic. Yeah. But the Eversur is one of my favorite uh, character models they've done in a long time, where yeah, he's like parkouring off of that thing, doing the Matrix wall run sort of a thing. And yeah, but that also becomes part of that problem too. If you have multiple, all there's such unique dynamic poses that having multiples of them looks ridiculous. I have two adversaries, and one of them is doing the same thing off of a rock. I just literally that's the yeah. only difference, and it looks kind of weird. Like um, you notice it in the there's a gallery art page in the White Dwarf article that just has a whole bunch of different people's Imperial assassins, and none of them are converted. None of them have the scenery on the base yep. swapped out. Like, you could do stuff so that, like, maybe the Eversur is parkouring off the rock from the Calidus assassin and vice versa. Like, you know, you could just pin them yep. to the different piece of basing on the different kit, so at least there's some variety. I did I did just use, like, a piece of grant, like a uh, slate. Like, same idea. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, so the so the issue with, um, with the Vansars, again, is you get... Um, you get five different variants in the set, and then you get two copies of that sprue. So you get five different poses. Uh, the only slight issue being um, there's one female body, and the way the heads, like the chest and the necks and all the other stuff are kind of made to go together. So the head on the on the female torso is always looking to that one side. So if you have two Calidises or whatever, like your, your posing options are a little bit restricted in that regard. Um, luckily, polymorphine, you can look like anything. Yep. So if you want to have multiple Calidises, you don't have to have them all look identical. Yep. You could do a female orc or just glue like a ponytail on an orc and bam. Mm. Calidus. You know it. <laughs> I do. That I would do actually think, be fantastic. Especially the new Forge World orc cheerleaders are amazing. Are they as good as the old uh, orc cheerleaders? They're as good. For it's sure. as good, but sculpted better. Yeah. They're as horrifying. Do they have better uh, support, shall we say? No. all right (laughs) are they as european as the old ones yes (laughs) so they're obviously sticking to uh there's a there's an aesthetic there's an aesthetic (laughs) just Uh, curious because they're slightly less european okay but those those models were very distinct they 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 get in your brain and they're there forever (laughs) you know it yeah 
Uh, I, was, I was gonna say you could do the most expensive conversion of all time and kit bash a Calidus with Yvrain. Because I think like the whole idea of having like a yes. like a oh, like a royal court, like, you know, noble lady kind of thing would be cool, but then you're buying the triumvirate of you need plus an assassin and then you've completely well, <laughs> smashed any cost now, savings. So we're talking about what you're doing, but I think other things to think about as well, you could potentially look at um Maybe Dark Eldar Witches, maybe the um, Daughters of Cain, maybe even into, um, like, some of the uh, Harlequins. If you, if you're for the Calidus. Death Jester? Could you convert a Death Jester? Like the the trick is, if you're basically using it for the body, right? Yeah. And you're looking at switching If you're out. just using them for their bodies. Come on! <laughs> we all... No, I know I know what you're go- going for there. The, the Witches would be possible. The Witches are interesting, though, because they don't have, like... Sin skin, they have like very open, um, yeah. They have those weird, armor. like, segments, like yeah. the pattern down the seams where, like, they have the, the I don't know, I don't have no little slits or whatever. Yeah, you're skin. carving skulls off space marines' heads to put inside porcelain. No, but I think like, Dan's on the right track though. With the Vansars, it's actually really close, they're the aesthetic isn't that far off because the Vansars kind of look like when they first started coming out, where um, a lot of people's reactions to them would be like. Oh, it looks like the guys out of Mass Effect, or it looks like the guys out of Infinity. It looks like all. It looks like so many different, um, gen- like somewhat generic sci-fi high-tech tropes combined with a bit of a like very subtle spidery theme to tie into their logo, and um, so like they do kind of tie into a lot of different aesthetics. But like they they just have that really like segmented, multi-layered combat armor, very functional with like little random tubes and glowy bits, which. If you want to do a little bit of OSL or advanced painting techniques, like they would take to that really well just because they have all those yeah. exposed, exposed power cables and, and shit. I just want to clarify here. I'm not saying that your choice is wrong. I'm just saying that if people are wanting to try something similar, like yeah. there are other kits oh, yeah. out there, okay. yep. and if you're willing to put the effort in, sure. um, which could involve carving a lot of shit off them, it could involve heavy like bits, like deep dives into the boxes or, the, or your friend's boxes. <laughs> Dive into your friend's boxes, some. Oh, fuck. Um, like, there's options out you there. You at your own joke, just want to say. We were, we were going to let it go. I laugh at all my own jokes, because okay. I think I'm hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, that's what friends are for. But the other thing, too, is you could even look at, like, okay, a few of us want to get assassins. So between, like, the two or three of us, we're going to buy a box of Ansars, we're going to buy a box of whatever, either the Harlequins or the Witches or the uh, Daughters of Cain, that you might want to to get into the Calidus assassin. The Harlequins actually wouldn't be a terrible idea because they do have the removable face masks and some of them are right. skull-based. Um, skull-based. And, and then, if like, they have any of the flatter ones as well, like yeah, the blank do. masks, those could work really well for a Calidus. Yeah, and then maybe if you don't already have any bits whatsoever, look into like a box of Admech Troopers or something like that to get some additional bits. Mm-hmm. You yeah, probably have some space room bits lying around because it's fucking 40k. Skatari are fantastic for bits. Yeah, so you buy those like three or four boxes amongst a few friends, and you could probably parse out enough of the bits so that a few of the you can do up a bunch of assassins. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I think it's fantastic what you're doing, but I also think it's unrealistic to expect most people to have your level of bits collection. Um, So these are maybe some ways to approach it where all of a sudden you're looking at about 150 bucks, we'll get three friends. Most of their assassins. Well, in my head, it was like, if you're adding an execution force, you have an Imperial army to attach them to, so you should have at least one strong segment of that bit's, like, pallet, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. But they're it. not going to have all of them, necessarily. <laughs> like, every Space Marine kit known to man, and most of the Imperial Guard stuff, like, I have access to? Yeah. 
But this way, if you have some of those, you can kind of flush that out, and it's still going to be like 150 bucks, and that should get you 30-odd assassins. Which is, yeah, that's a lot. And uh, the Deloc um, set for from Necromunda is also another pretty effective one, because it's just another Necromunda gang. They have a very similar aesthetic, but being a different house, um, they look a little different. I think, personally, they would make better Calexus assassins than anything, because they have the really tall, like, um, you know, head-to-toe, like, trench coat black... Um, outfits kind of a thing, and they have a lot of poison daggers and, like, silenced rifles. A few of the arms are doing, like, pit, pulling the pins on grenades, which uh, for psych-out grenades for Calexus Assassin would be perfect, because they actually don't have a melee weapon or a pistol, they just have grenades, and then the little um, animus speculum in their head. Yeah. The the one thing I will say is the uh, the Calexus's animus speculum and that whole face is so iconic, I actually do think it's a bit... That's the one that I may not convert, and it, he's... It's such a cool model. Yeah, it's it's, it's for such sure. Such a cool model. It's for sure probably the trickiest um, of them all to figure out how to kit bash because you're gonna want that head, and it's only one place you're gonna get that. And I think you can get away with um, doing some heavy modifications. There's a head on the Catafron Destroyer slash Breacher um, sprue for the Admech where I Which bought is the somebody's only Admech kit I don't have. And I bought somebody's leftover bits from their Mechanicum army. Like I traded them for like some Space Marine sprues or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the head variants that I wanted to use the most for my Calexus, he used them all. Yeah. Because he just he liked the head too. It's apparently the better looking servitor head. But there is one head that like has a little bit more of the skull, um, you know, shape to it. It's got a rebreather that kind of looks like uh, like the you know mandible on a jaw kind of a thing. Um, so there is one head that would look really good for that. It has like multi tiered like lenses and bionic eyes. Where if you swap one of those out for like a gun barrel, mm-hmm. and there's actually the um, the radiation cannon or whatever it is from the Vansar sprue. Actually has kind of like it's like a little hollow conical bit with like three prongs on the side of it, which you could actually like plunk that onto that servitor head somewhere. Like bulk out one of those lenses to be a gun. I think that could work fairly. Then just bulk it out with a few more little bits. So admittedly, I'm not sold on it, but then at the same time, I wasn't sold on anything you've you were talking about beforehand, and it's been really good. So I have a feeling you're gonna prove me wrong again. <laughs> I'd like to hope so. That bit will be hard, a little bit hard to track down. Yep. Uh, the plan B is actually I'd have no idea if it's the correct size or not because the scales are not as directly comparable. But there's a Necron destroyer head where one of the side of the face has like three or four eye lenses and all kinds of tubes and shit. The heavy destroyer, yeah. And so that oh, yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. assuming it's the right size, where I don't know, it, it should be it has potential as well. The destroyer bodies are are not really much bigger than the warriors, and even if they're a little bit bigger than a standard skull, the Calexus assassin skull is gigantic. Yeah, like their head yeah. is super elongated and oversized on purpose. And I want to point out that uh, I was watching you do these conversions the whole time, and I don't want to say that they're easy because you did a lot of very careful cutting and lining up and there's a lot of planning associated yeah but i would also say that this is not an unattainable hobby um skill because very little sculpting is involved like there's going to be just kind of where the braid connects to the head on the one yeah the calidus braid i need to do a little bit of touch-up work and i'm going to put um so use just the generic like um, uncovered female face from the vansar sprue i'm going to like sculpt on like the lenses for like her little like spider-man lenses for her eyes And then just paint the skin black like sin skin. Yep. But, like, really, you look at the Eversur, it looks fantastic, and it was just, it was careful cutting and positioning. Yep. Which I honestly think, if just take your time, don't just recklessly start cutting up stuff and potentially, like, overcutting or whatever else. 
I think this is a conversion that most people could do. Yeah, I'd never ever cut your product. <laughs> Don't use creatine for it because that may have been what caused John Jones's uh, weird false positive like drug test. Really? Because he cuts, he, he does a lot of cocaine. That's no secret. He's tested positive for that before, and apparently creatine is supposedly one of the really common things to cut cocaine with. So if you had like tainted creatine, which happens, he got like a false positive in like these insanely low amounts. Interesting. But yeah, it's kind of funny that for all the shit that that guy has done, creatine in his cocaine might have been what almost ruined his career. <laughs> but yeah, so weird. But anyway, random tangent that I found out about the other day and found really kind of amusing. <laughs> that is funny. The creatine's the problem. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> the cocaine? Like, fine. It's fine. It's not that big a deal. It's not performance enhancing. Just don't do it the day of the fight and you'll be fine. But don't that's cut right. it with creatine. That's actually really funny. <laughs> so random, eh? Uh, but yeah, so I think, uh, anyway, the, the Vansar kit, uh, combined with a bunch of other Imperial and some other Necromunda bits, I think is a very solid route to take. Um, realistically, I think if you want one binding aesthetic for as many of the Assassins as you can, that's probably a smart way to go, just so they don't look completely random and haphazard. Yep. Um, like, you could do them off of... Um, I like the idea of using, like, picking a Necromunda kit for them, just because the Sprues actually have like, multiple heavy special weapons, pistols, combat weapons. Uh, the Goliaths would maybe only work if you wanted to do just, like, four Eversers. But if you just want a bunch of, like, gene-bulked combat brutes <laughs> with, doesn't? like, drug injectors, the, the Goliaths will get that done for you. Uh, but, um, yeah, you might run into some issues with, uh, like, the injector claws and some of the other specific bits. Uh, just if you need that many of them of one specific thing, you might run into some problems. But, um, yeah, the Necromunda gangs are a really good place to start and then vary from there. Um, as you guys have mentioned, the, the Drukhari and, um, I guess the Daughters of Cain slash old Dark Elf sprues in a lot of cases are really good. The, um, some of the old Dark Elf Sorceress models with a little bit of converting would make really good Kalidus, um, especially. Um, yeah. Because they're, any of the Assassins can be female, but the Kalidus, I think, almost exclusively are, the, if not exclusively. They're supposed to be, they're supposed to be, uh, some of them are male, too. Okay. But in the background, yeah, it's apparently polymorphine is better for ladies. And, um... Apparently. Hmm. And if you do want to do one really weird thing, because I was thinking uh, Gene Steeler cult models, just because they're so awesome and they have so many good bits and so many new characters that just came out, you won't save as much money off of them, but you could do some really cool uh, models as well, like the Magos. Um, that kit would make a really good Kalidus or Kalaxis, depending on a head swap. Well, the thing about the... You could have her infiltrate a Gene Steeler cult... And just call the because there's the female magos and there's that also would be perfect there's just a, like there's a fluff tie-in for that as well where I think it's actually I think it's from the old Jack Draco Inquisition War books where there's or it might also be from Eisenhorn because it's been forever since I've read these but there is a Caladus assassin that had a bunch of surgery done they talk about in the, in the White Dwarf there's a bunch of surgery done on her to make her yeah. be able to infiltrate a gene stealer cult but she lost her ability to turn into anything else yeah they totally talk about that in the White Dwarf. Yeah, and I think so. That's really old, like twenty plus year old forty k fluff. So having a gene stealer cult uh, converted um, Calidus assassin is not unheard of. Um, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. And they also mentioned that like sometimes they actually do, in fact, uh, take on the appearance of an orc. One hundred percent, they do that as well, which is hilarious because then you could actually make that work. <laughs> but yeah, an orc model with that uh, with Braid. that super trademark like bright orange uh, ponytail would be fantastic. Yeah, and, and I guess ultimately, have fun with the models. Figure out stuff that works really well for your army. Especially right now in a day and age where Games Workshop, their models are getting harder and harder to convert. 
There's literally no reason to in a lot of cases to. Well, exactly, beautiful. right? Um, this is for variety or for just saving all of the dollars. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, a really good opportunity to add some individualization, some personality to your army. Like you're saying, like if you're thinking about what environment your army is fighting in, like who are they typically going to be fighting against? Maybe you would want your assassins to have an aesthetic leaning towards one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's a it's a really good way to um, to if you are going to a tournament that has some sort of a scoring rubric, the personalization and conversions and other things are often a part of that. And having an execution force with a little bit of personalization in it, if you can save yourself like a hundred bucks worth of purchases, and potentially get yourself some like freebie bonus points off of those couple of character models that might be hard to get uh, for like army wide conversions then there can be some easy points, potentially, for a tournament scoring system there at play as well. Bullshit. But it <laughs> depends on the scoring rubric, right? But, like, yeah. And and we have put a lot more thoughts into potential uh, scoring rubrics, which we might have some more discussions about down the road at yeah, some point. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I think, there's, I think there's a lot to be gained there. And if nothing else, they're just... It's fun to sit and convert Necromunda models and raid the bits box. And, yep. Like, I haven't done a lot of extensive conversions. Um, like, I've done a lot of really minor ones over time because, like, I just can't help myself. But um, this level of, like, pulling kits from, like, or pulling parts from, like, ten different kits on a single model and uh, using the ultra-sharp razor blade to, like, fillet off the skulls from the helmets of Space Marines to, like, because it's just the right size skull to, like, put on, uh, like, between their pecs on the chest... Like st- random stuff like that, it it is just fun, just yep. going way over the top on a couple of things, and um, I'm also using uh, some of those Unreal Wargaming Studios uh, bases, which are turning out quite nicely. Just bulking them out with a little bit of pumice gel in a few spots to blend in with the textures of my more traditional basing, and I think they'll yeah really be a level up from those bases, but still blend in fairly well. Yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, so I think I think there's definitely a lot of potential to be. Having some fun with these assassins adding to your army and uh, hopefully not breaking the bank in the process because buying eight or nine assassins at 37 bucks each is kind of silly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of freaking dope. So I think we can transition on the notion of silliness. Um, and Okay. So, Steve, this is something that you mentioned that you wanted to talk about, which was tweaking army lists. Well, not necessarily tweaking army lists, just how people approach um, a new army and how that army evolves for them. Like, some people uh, approach an army strictly from the rule standpoint, some people approach an army strictly from the aesthetic standpoint, and then their their list always evolves, or, or what they have in the army evolves. Some people are just collectors. Some people, they paint one army list, and it literally never changes. Yep. Like, damn the torpedoes. My list is terrible, but I'm going to keep using it. I'm gonna, yeah, it's done. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I thought this was a totally different topic. <laughs> what did you think? I thought it was... Turning like, prep? I thought it was, yeah, kind of like the notion of... Like, over-tweaking. Okay. You know, um, which maybe we can talk about that later, but, like, for me it was kind of that notion of, like, at what point are you tweaking yourself out of a good a list that you're comfortable with or, or happy with? Oh, that's an interesting point, too. Yeah, for sure. That, that's definitely kind of part of it for some people, I think, too. But this came out of Ward and I talking after we played uh, a game proxying some Thousand Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have Leviathan Dreadnoughts and such. So. That's a problem. You yeah. should get some of those. Yeah, well, it's tough. Uh, if Forge World had them in stock, that could have uh, happened, but... Or are they still sold out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, so the, the kind of the, the conversation that we were having was, uh, so you played, you played by Imperial Knights and you are picking up your own, 
but you've got some thoughts on how to tweak that list after you played it for a little bit and and like what was your your thought process behind it was it just strictly rule set kind of things or what you have to work with or was there models that you're planning on adding i think i think for the it it would depend on the armies itself right so in the case of the knights they're pretty straightforward they're point and click it's like this is what they have or this is what they don't have mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's, it's fairly straightforward so there there's not a whole lot to necessarily tweak it unless you want to change a couple of the units and, and throw something else in where in, in the case of the thousand suns just playing that different army uh was there was a lot more flexibility in the one list that we came up with yeah uh whether it be like all the different psychic powers and just changing those out and seeing what what kind of goes with so i think between the two lists playing the thousand suns more with slight variations of the powers to kind of see what synergies work with those units would be more beneficial than cycling through different units yeah right so so i think for me there's this might actually turn into several different topics, um, so I just want to make sure we're, I'm, tr I'm trying to stay on the exact same page as you guys here, Okay. Um, so we don't just make this into an hour-long rant. Um, oh, what's so, wrong with that? We've done that before. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's fair. Not the first. But uh, is this for, like, new players in new armies? Is this, like, specifically what I want to talk about it as? Not necessarily. Because I think you can talk about... Old players, new armies, people that approach it from a... Okay, or is it just new army? Just Yeah, new armies. That, okay. That's the key, key point. So I think for me... Um, and evolving an army. Like, I would still... I would even apply this still to my Eldar. Yeah. I, I guess for me, one of, the, one of the things that has been kind of the Achilles heel for me playing and working on 40k armies for probably the last decade has been getting ahead of myself. Where often... If I start working on an army, and there's like a few units, and I'm really excited about them, and I get working on them, maybe I get them finished, maybe I get them half done, and then I play them in a game, and they're shit. Yeah. Because I bought the models, because I love the models. Because that's, I, for me, that's where most projects start, is what's pretty. Yeah, okay. So that's one of the points that I was sort of touching on originally. Yeah. Is, so you start an army from the standpoint of... What do I want to paint? Yeah. Okay. Right? Um, and actually, it's why, it's where my orcs have currently stalled out a little bit, in that... The models that I was really excited that I got painted and was having a good time with are probably, if I was going to be taking this to a larger tournament, would not be in the army. Like the, so the bikes specifically? The bikes and maybe even the buggies. Okay. Um, and so here I am. I just painted some stuff, like a couple hundred points worth, and I'm excited. And I played, and especially at the larger point size, because the smaller point size, I'm like, oh, it was okay making it work. But, uh, like, jumping up to the 2K to kind of, like, get you some more prep for LVO and that kind of stuff, yeah. like, kind of killed the joy for that army for me because I, I just got too far ahead. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at, now I need to paint, like, 150 models. Yeah. Instead of, like, focusing on the things that I already had done and enjoying. Um, and so it can be it can be really tricky when you're you're looking at, like, tweaking or pulling things out or adding things in where you feel like you're just continually painting the first 500 points of the army over and over and over again because you're not necessarily seeing stability in the list um, yeah, which I think I could potentially avoid personally if I went in with a bit more of a an end goal in mind instead of just grabbing stuff that I thought was pretty sure that oh. doesn't sound like fun but like you can still <laughs> grab things that you find pretty but like thinking about it maybe in those chunks long term as well which if you're a newer player, it's harder to do. You don't know what the fuck is what. 
Yeah, and I, but I think there's something to be said with what we were kind of getting at to an extent is, and I guess we're kind of already talking at like a 2000 point kind of level. Like that's always sort of the goal is what, like, like we proxied uh, your thousand sons demon prince list. And then we proxied the, the version with the dreadnoughts um, just to kind of have an idea of where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Like still pick up the stuff you want to paint. Yeah. Cause I mean like I, I really like Rubik Marines and you've talked about how crappy they have been and, and such so the beta bolter rule beta bolter rule has come around on them right that i mean that gives them a, a little bit more of a bump and such right yep. so just because they are kind of crappy doesn't mean you shouldn't paint them or you shouldn't work on them like again if you like that aesthetic absolutely paint them up and you'll find some way shape or or form to use them for sure and yeah, putting like a 10 in an army list isn't going to kill you like exactly it might hamper you by 0.5% if you're shooting for like top table at LVO kind of territory mm-hmm. yeah but painting 10 of anything reasonable I mean, and troopy for 40k not that 10, big a deal 10 rubric marines are 200 points <laughs> so just take it. it's a bit of a tough one on that one but i this i think the point is, is like yeah you you can totally and we we built a list that i feel is Actually, pretty solid, and you yeah. can do some stuff with. Had twenty rubric marines, some cool shit in there. But the big tweaks that we were kind of making there was like, okay, clearly the psychic powers. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, well, I mean, we were, <laughs> we were just kind of going with, uh, okay, this, yeah, sounds good or sure. But but now if like if if we've got the core for the army down, now it's just those like little tweaks and synergies. And so I'd still use the same army list for multiple games just with the, the slight variations here and there it's just like okay well the demon prince has these two powers that one power didn't work out at all during, like, like the trying last a new game. warlord trait or a new combo exactly well, not our, like throwing yeah. out 500 points for the painted models at a time. yeah our is stuck with a warlord trait but at the same time you could put the make one of your demon princes a warlord exactly mix it up a little bit right so. yeah yeah uh but even with the knights um i mean you're I think that's another point is you need to practice with the army. Like I have an idea around how I thought the night list you were playing at LVO should have been run, but your first opponent was like, why aren't you doing this? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's just like, what, what houses are you? This is, this is what I find works for me. Right. And it's just events are great for that. Cause you're yeah. talking to different guys. Those guys might've played this army for way like longer than the fact that I borrowed yours, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. That, that sort of thing, right? So it just gives you a different perspective. He could have told me stuff that I'm just like, you know what? Like, you're telling me that I should run uh, Warglaves and I didn't like the aesthetic of Warglaves, so I wouldn't necessarily, like, listen to that yep. that feedback or that advice or that playing that house specifically. Yep. So. Yeah, and I think, like, <clears throat> one of the things that I often make fun of Steve for is waffling on his lists too much. Oh yeah, but and but it's, let me let me finish this, Steve. Okay, I, this, say, I also love list build. Yeah, but at the same breath, like <laughs> I, I'm finding myself in that same trap, which is what's stalling the armies out. Or especially when you're playing typically against the same people all the time, you're getting a really fucked up data set. Yep. You know. Um, oh yeah, that is totally true. So if you're just playing against your your two or three buddies and then overanalyzing your list based on like. Well, fuck! I keep getting my ass beat by Admech or Eldar or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like totally. those examples are totally not coming out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> right, and so you're like, oh, this this must not work. But like, in all honesty, what if you haven't played against Guard or Tyranids or fucking Space Marines or Chaos yeah. or other orcs yeah. or, on, or, on or or my, or? My only practice going into the LVO was against Steve and his Eldar because again, we're both trying to play armies that. 
we're going to take down, right? Yeah. To, to see what works out. So, in fairness, I got a lot of practice games in. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. You you got way more. And that right be, with the. But the other thing that was going to my my tons of practice games didn't help at all. Because again, I played two matchups real bad for me. Right, like that was. Yeah. There were two yeah. games that were really tough. There is the luck of the draw in in that regard too, right? Yeah. So, but I think now you're playing in the. Um, uh, 40k league yep. this season. Yep. So that should also hopefully give you a lot of different variation. You're oh, totally. locked. You're locked into a list for the whole league. Just correct? a primary. Just so I have to spend 51. percent There's no points limits. You just have to play an agreed points limits with your opponent. Okay. They post a scenario every week. Mm-hmm. It has to be 51 percent of your agreed points limit in your primary. So the 2,000 point game is 1020. But you can tweak the army list. You can do whatever the hell you want. Okay. So yeah. By playing one army though. You'll also have like kind of like a better spread, and hopefully you'll play more of a yes. consistent flow, and then make slight yep. tweaks. It's my plan. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and forty k aside, I feel like I'm better at this in other games than I'm at forty k because um, I practice what I preach in other games. Where like for my Cephalix, I built the army, and I'm not tweaking it until I get probably twenty games in to see like what's actually working or not working. Yeah. Right, because sometimes you don't actually. Maybe it's just that you haven't used it enough at all to see what all the things do. I'm a huge advocate of build your army, again, and I'm not actually doing this myself, so I know I'm a fucking hypocrite when it comes to 40k. Um, but, like, play it. Play it a ton. Lose games. Yep. Lose a ton of games and figure out what actually is working and what's actually not yep. before figuring out what you have to, like, really change about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, 40K, it's it's a lot of models that you potentially have to buy or, or swap out if, if something's not working. If you go to a smaller scale like Blood Bowl, what do you feel you would necessarily tweak? Because, again, you can play around with some skills. Yeah, skill packages for a lot of tournaments would be a thing. Yeah, Blood Bowl. star players if that's in the format. So I think Blood Bowl is a really interesting one for it because it kind of happens naturally. So let's just talk about League for a second. You start with your roster. That is your roster. The only time it's changing is if you are hiring or firing new players, which you cannot do willy-nilly, or fuckers die. Like, uh, you don't have an opportunity to do a lot of tweaking. Um, you see, so you just kind of have to learn to work with what you have. Would you say your tweaking is on the fly then when you get, like, new skills? Yeah, typically. And, okay. and you'll see, like, okay, maybe I got... These models got more bashy skills. Maybe I need to start thinking about having some more ball handling skills. Yeah, do you be an think adult. That be an adult. <laughs> I, was, I tried. Never. <laughs> my my reaction was quite delayed. I tried hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but you, it's kind of a slow burn. Uh, so things like I now know that the orc army I love playing at tournaments has the four goblins, the two black orcs, the four blitzers, the thrower, and the troll. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, if I'm going to be doing an orc, I tried that build going into a league, and it fucking sucked because the goblins kept like dying. Um, and I wasn't really getting any money because I kept losing games because the goblins were dying and I wasn't getting models skilling up very well. Mm-hmm. So for a league, I actually would start with one goblin and a troll and the four, and four black orcs instead of the two. Because the black orcs are going to start skilling up and being useful pieces long term. And frankly, buying an extra fucking goblin down the road is not that hard. Yep. Right, so That's Blood right. Bowls, it's a bit of a, a different thing. Um, but this is things I know after having played orcs in, I don't know, probably like seven tournaments and two leagues. Yep. So, the other thing I think that's important to like with 40k, I think where it falls down for a lot of people, and like, same what you're kind of talking about is I think similar to this is the, the initial investment cost 
is quite high. So if you don't see the return on what you're you spent, because you've you've effectively painted up the equivalent of a Blood Bowl team for 40k, like in terms of model count. You know what I mean? No, I've effectively painted up two or three Blood Bowl exactly. Teams. So you've got way more than what a normal Blood Bowl team would be, and you're still not at the 2,000 point level, right? I'm not even at 1,000 points. Exactly. So you, if you play that at 1,000 points and it doesn't do what you wanted it to do, you're thinking, well, shit, i got to do this another three more times or whatever it's going to be, and who knows what's actually going to work out, which is why I actually am a big advocate with 40K of proxy things you think you like, think you're going to want to pick up, play them a few times and make sure that's the, that's the actual play style you like. You don't have to necessarily win the game, but try a proxy game before you jump headfirst in um, because it's going to be $700, $800. And if you decide, you know what? I really don't like armies that play like a scalpel and I bought a Dark Elder army. Well, whoops. <laughs> all right? Like, you can do all the net listing you want, but... That's still the heart of the army. Yeah, there's no way around that, right? So um, I, think, I think it's a good idea to do a lot of like the proxy games. Um, and not, not necessarily a lot, but before you jump head first. Well, and I think about it, and it's things like, could you imagine getting to, like, that 180 boys, just finished painting, and you're like, all right, let's do this, and you're like, fuck, foot sloggers are boring, I want to play Speed Freaks. <laughs> yep. Like, <laughs> like, fuck me. Well, no, I mean, like, I, I think about it, like, from a, from a, Dark Eldar standpoint where the army plays so different depending on what you purchase and let's say you decide on paper right now competitively the internet says game this don't take this as gospel witches are great I'm going to play nothing but witches and you start playing the army and you realize you just don't have that play style you don't like it you're you're not um you don't particularly you aren't the most cunning player in the world you want something that has more resiliency you want some homunculi yeah and then you go by you know you gotta go completely switch over into the homunculus covens kind of thing or whatever right like you can figure that out pretty quickly and get a quick feel for the army of what you want to do um and I think that's very personal like it's not a the internet says this army is best that is not even remotely true like it, it's the player. The player has to have some affinity to the army and has to enjoy it. And I think that's how you evolve a list. Um, start somewhere and then play it a lot, but make sure that initial starting point isn't horrible for you. Yeah. Right. And I guess the other thing, too, is that like a net list is, can be a good place to start. but It's a great place to start. But at the same time, by the time you buy and paint and start getting reps in with that net list... The meta's already going to be beyond it, and then you're going to totally. and then you're yeah. going to start playing meta chasing. Yeah. So you're probably better off finding what you like, finding your play style, and then making it work for you, because then you're not chasing the meta; you're just learning how to play yourself. No, I I, I agree, and that's what we did with the the Thousand Suns list. Is we took the what's what's the highest placing dude at the LBO that took Rubric Marines? What does he have? Yeah, start from there. That's not a net list. Just now, this day and age, you can look at best coast pairings. Search by what's the highest placing Corsairs player, and see get an idea. Also, technically, plays. probably the lowest placing Corsairs player. There were two. <laughs> <laughs> there were two. Uh, they actually had the highest win percentage of everybody at the LVO. Apparently, Corsairs players are good. <laughs> That's awesome. As a random side note, what is their HQ choice for a Corsair army? 
Uh, Someone I was saying they don't like. Don't know because somebody was saying like, how do they even take legal detachments? Do they even have an HQ? Somebody was talking about that in the the one of the groups that I'm in, and I was like, I play Eldari a lot, and I have no idea how the fuck that army works <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess kind of the the what was I saying? Now I'm lost. You can life. use Best Coast Parent. Like, there's so many yeah. resources to get a yeah. sense of what lists look like. Yeah, and if you went to, like, the old old times, you'd go to White Dwarf and look at, like, what they had in a, a battle report, right? And that would usually... Back in my day! Pepperidge Farms remembers building <laughs> army lists. <laughs> no, for real! Like, like you'd look at, like, what somebody I was taking in a battle report. I walked uphill, in the snow, both ways, in my grandpa's underpants, to go to the Games Workshop, to buy my White Dwarf, to figure out what army lists look like, okay, no, to watch Phil Kelly lose. You could never... <laughs> Look at like what won a tournament that was never anywhere. Yeah, at best you could find out which faction they used, and that was about it. Yeah, it's totally different now. You could figure out who won, like you said, in like the White Dwarf uh, magazine. But nine times out of ten, it was like what army got released this week. Hey, they won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shocking. Mm-hmm. And there are even times where they specifically said in the article, it's like, yeah, we ran this scenario multiple times until we had a remotely interesting game because the other games were boring as hell, and like a guy got stomped in two turns. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, those games were slightly cherry-picked uh, totally. just to get an interesting narrative and visual and all the rest of it. So I think I think the, the net list is a, is a great place to start, but as long as you realize it's a starting point and you, can get, general, point you can get general themes, like a good player used these tricks. And that's probably somewhat how the army plays. Um, but then, yeah, you need to not take that as like, I'm going to build this and I'll win. Because there were lots of people playing armies very similar to Brandon Grant's, and they did not win. <laughs> so there is some technique and practice. Ooh, oh, excuse me, practice. Yeah, just really happy to start sucking on your bicep this time. <laughs> uh, there's totally practice, but you it's also fast. all the all the top players have their own style. Like it's you can't necessarily put one of the top players with another army and assume they're going to win. Like it, it comes down to they have to like what they're playing. Because you're gonna play, you're gonna play a thousand games with that army, maybe you know, or whatever, right? So, make sure you enjoy it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna talk about nipples now. Yeah, we're going into overtime. Yeah, fourth fourth period. Let's do it. I think yeah. it's just called overtime, isn't it? Yeah, I call it the fourth overtime. period. Okay. And I really look forward to when they get their touchbacks. <laughs> well, now that we're talking about rubber nipples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so at LVO, I picked up a pack of uh, the painting pucks. Uh, Which pack- sounded on brand for us, really. It did sound on brand, exactly. It's something that we would be into, for sure. So what they are is they're like a silicone um, rubber um, nipple, for lack of a better word. It's That's got really not a nipple. Of, it's just somewhat conical. It's got bunch, uh, bunches of uh, bumps and, and ridges and such. And basically what it's meant yeah, to do you, is... Yeah, if your nipples look like that, go see a doctor. <laughs> it's meant to suction cup... In the bottom of your paint cup, uh, and then when you're rinsing out your brush, you'll basically rub it against like the the, the silicone texture. The texture to loosen up the paint in the brush itself. Yeah. Right. So the pack of five was about ten bucks um, at the um, shop or, or storefront there. The dealer hall. That the dealer hall there. So I picked up one. Everybody got one, mm-hmm. and they got to try it out for the last like couple weeks here. So what did you guys think? So. For me, it was kind of a non-starter because my paint cups um, have a bit of a residue on the bottom from paint over the years, mm-hmm. and it just didn't adhere. Gotcha. So I was like, 
I could spend 20 minutes scrubbing aggressively in my paint cup. Or I guess the other thing that I just thought of in this moment is just grab another cup. cup. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make that comment. <laughs> but but these are my paint cups. Other cups are drinking cups. Like, it's separation of church yeah. and state, my man, right? I will I will kind of touch on that. I think that if you paint with solo cups, this, these won't work for you. Because the solo cups have that texture in the bottom. Yeah, like, like it, needs to be, it needs to be but, glass. Yeah, which is fine. And it, I think most people probably do paint. Frankly, with a reusable painting mug or cup or whatever. Um, so I, I did put some thought into it. And one of the things that kind of scared me about it was the notion of um, it being at the bottom. Yeah. Where, especially if there's any paint in that water, it's no longer clear. Yeah. And so then I'm just like taking my brush and smashing it at a bottom of something that I can't quite see. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, scared me a little bit. Okay. Because, like, what if I'm just, like, ripping it, like, super hard down to the bottom of the cup? So you can tell. So, <laughs> yeah, so with that, you'd either have to, like, uh, empty out your water on a more frequent basis. Effort. Or just Which pay attention effort? to the haptic feedback of your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> effort. Uh, so, so you're detracting from it. So I, I did actually uh, immediately start using it. Um, I actually think it's, it works fairly well. Um, it's there is a bit of that like trying to find it in the bottom of the paint cup sometimes which is a little weird um, but I actually did notice that a lot of times it will like when you when you have your brushes you'll sometimes have a little bit of the paint residue left in and I'd spend time like sort of smushing it out on the on the soap like the brush cleaner because you get you, I think it's hard to like always like talk about taking care of your brushes and keeping everything uh, in good shape it's hard to do that 100% of the time Sometimes paint dries a little bit on your on your brush, and you you just can't get around that. This I did notice after cleaning my brush on it, released most of it. But I think if you're if you are even remotely hard on your brushes, this may not be enough. And the other thing is, uh, if any water got under the suction cup, it just pops off. Well, no, it's not. It's not that it pops off. It slides around. Oh, okay. So you have to apply it dry to the bottom of your cup. Um, and then it'll it'll stay in place better, uh, but yeah, and that's that's basically my only complaint is if you're if you're not as um, uh, if you're not as careful about keeping your brushes like clean in the first place, it this doesn't work as well, which I mean kind of defeats the purpose a little bit. You know what I'm kind of getting what, at? What I got at the end there was Steve had to go and dry. Yeah, I know. I was with you, too. Okay. I was right there with you. I said it, I know. <laughs> I didn't want to draw attention to it. Uh, I mean, for me, it was... Like, the purchase, the price point there at the hall for the five of us to try it out, like, was... Yeah, for ten bucks. Was reasonable, for low sure, risk. right? So, yeah, very low risk. Do, do I think Especially that, when it's words money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do I think that this is a must-have? I don't. Um, I just, like you said, like, it's it's fairly inconsistent of like what's gonna do it if you still have paint in your bristles it's not doing its full job yeah it's not gonna replace brush soap it's just not yeah exactly so again and then uh the other factor is that i looked (laughs) (laughs) i looked on amazon about these and the price point on amazon is ridiculous was that just on amazon canada or was that the amazon us as well amazon canada how much are they on amazon like yes 32 cents. 
Higher. 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 Fifty bucks. Higher. Hundred dollars. Lower. Yeah. What? Yeah. There were sixty bucks. Sixty bucks for five on Amazon for some reason. The algorithm is just stroking out a little bit that day, like doing weird shit. But it was sixty bucks that day for whatever reason. Whoa. Which is ludicrous. If you're buying them at sixty dollars each, or is it for the five? For the five. Does it matter? No. (laughs) Okay, so the large the large paint puck, uh, a two pack you can get a two pack for twenty bucks Canadian, or the next one is fifty seven Canadian. Yeah, don't not even that's a zero out of the five pack that I I bought is fifty seven Canadian. Holy shit balls! Yeah. Yeah, I cannot for the life of me figure out why. Other than the algorithm is doing weird things, because maybe there, there's just not a lot of stock in Canada, so it thinks it can charge more. Like, there's a shortage. But no, it's whoa. If it's not ten dollars, like, don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ten dollars for five. Let's be clear. Yes, <laughs> ten dollars per pack. So, I mean, in that regard, again, I'd be very wary about picking up it online if you want to try it out. Uh, possibly if there's like a like a local vendor, if you're going to a uh, convention or such, you might be able to find it. Or if somebody's at Adepticon or what whatnot, right? So, yeah. Again, um, I spent ten bucks on five, and I'm okay with that, and I wouldn't buy any more. Yeah. Personally. I mean, I realized I was I was actually do, applying some texture materials to bases while uh, we were talking about this, but my paint cups not just being crusty with paint. Mine have a lot of like. Uh, pumice gel and texture paint granules and stuff in the bottom. So yeah, me getting one to adhere also not a thing right now. Mm-hmm. So my cups are crusty. Yeah, I, like I said, my I tend to keep pretty good care of my stuff. Um, and it like my paint cup is super clean. Oh, bloody uh, da. Uh, yeah, but I also use a lot of solvents. <laughs> right, he's a fancy lad. Yeah, but, no, but, I, <laughs> but I do paint with a lot of airbrush. He's grade A fancy. I do paint with a lot of airbrush solvents, and it the paint does not stick. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, I think you can make it work, just again. The other thing, too, that's kind of interesting is the GW paint cup that we made fun of basically does the same thing. Has the little ridges in them. But not because... But seriously, it does the same thing. It does do the same thing, but it doesn't move around on you because it's textured into the walls exactly. and the bottom of the cup, which... And it's handier in this case. And you can so, put your dick in it. But it's uh, more of a it's more of a solid piece, right? So again, you can damage your bristles yeah. easier, so it's yeah. you're kind of stuck between the two. Yeah. If if the GW cup soft had like and a hard place. Soft and hard place. If the GW cup had like rubberized ridges inside of the cup that were <gasps> molded in. Dude, it's already looking like a flashlight. <laughs> we're not making it fucking rubber inside. Yeah, it's getting a like <laughs> you're, you're taking this to the next level of sex toy. Yeah, totally. It's also very important that it's dishwasher safe. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh no! Maybe, and silicone. Maybe, maybe non-porous maybe. is your friend. Maybe not we silicone. have to go to a sex silicone. store and see if there's a uh, better brush cleaner. Ugh. Uh, okay. Well, um, that. You, Okay, so the the pack of five pucks, um, I don't know. For the ten dollar price, we should go around and give it for a the ten dollar price. Uh, I'd give it two and a half bucks. Okay, well that's higher than I thought you were gonna give it. Well, like it, I'm notoriously hard on my brushes. I'm like I there's there's some things that I genuinely really like 
am very mindful of when it comes to hobbying. There's other things that are just fucking tools that I use and move on to the next one. Um, Fair. I'm I'm gonna give it a two. Yeah. For myself. Yeah, you're way higher than I thought. I, I was oh, I, I was just giving it like half. Like for ten bucks for five, they're two dollars each. So like, assume we're basically saying it's two dollars for one of these things. If it's something you think you might want, I'm giving it sure. Yep. Because two and a half is basically half. Yeah, I'm gonna sit with Ward on this one too. Dan. Yep, two. They're they're not gonna like I have one. I'll may occasionally use it again, but generally speaking, like I just use brush soap a couple times per session. Yeah. And it's not a problem. Yep. Yeah. So now here's the real question. At $57, <laughs> what's your rating? We don't, have we ever had a negative before? <laughs> I'll go negative for sure. I'll go negative 50. Well, at that point, it becomes a lifestyle product. So, uh, <laughs> lifestyle product. It starts making me feel a little bit better about myself. <laughs> I spent $50 on my brush nipples. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it these. If you spend $57 on that, I will give you, I'll give you a charity point. I'll give you my original two I gave it, subtract the cost. So, negative 55. That's a mathematically derived answer. I'll give somebody a charity point because I feel bad that they wasted $57. Sure, one. (laughs) Yeah, pity point. Okay. All right. Okay, well, uh, thanks for listening. Um, Don't forget that we do have a wonderful new t-shirt design up on the Threadless store that Dan did up where... The baseball tee? The baseball tee. Um, And again, if you're looking for it, go under the long sleeve t-shirt, scroll down, there'll be a button that says baseball tee. Yeah, you can you can get the print on any of the regular T-shirts, but it, I specifically made it to make the baseball T-shirt. Yeah, may or may not have been inspired by Baltimore Orioles. Don't sue me. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we probably have to like sell one before they're gonna even like. Yeah, the, think the damages at the moment pretty minimal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, check them out. Um, there's still all the other designs up there. Um, don't forget, we don't actually. Um, make any money doing this. We actually spend money to do this, so it'd be great if you guys bought some stuff. Um, so if yeah. anyone is taking your money for listening to the podcast, uh, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah don't let them. Don't let them do that. Right, so if you made it this like long, wallet inspector types. If you made it this long through the podcast, also uh, support us when we run our first 40k event in July, July 13th, 14th. Mark your calendars off. First time we'll mention it. Good food. Good beer. Good 40K. We'll have more on that one next episode. All right. Until then, I'm Tom. I'm Ward. (laughs) I'm Steve. (laughs) I'm Dan. (laughs) And uh, play some games. Have some fun. Paint your fucking models.